1: Or call 562 314 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: The Around the NFL Podcast plays hacky sack in their Birkenstocks. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast uh, presented by New Era. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined on a field filled with heroes Mark Zessler. Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. It sounds weird to not be wearing a headset and then not being in a studio and be like, wow, you talk too loud, Dan. My grandmother always used to say, (laughs) you're too loud. And now I get it. (laughs) It's uh, you know, when you go to like Radio Row at the Super
3: Bowl, or you go to any sort of NFL event, and there's this lineup of radio show bros Mm. sitting at their tables. Now we very suddenly look exactly like that, and
4: I'm not sure that's a positive (laughs) or a negative. It's a little more tense because we have you know our producer Tamposi and and many others who have helped us uh, with our interviews. Today at Rams camp, but especially Brassy has given me the side eye oh, because we decided to make a production decision that's going to delay her getting margaritas earlier in the day. So <laughs> it's it's like I'm feeling that that vibe, and it's it's messing with me a little bit. Yeah, just to, a little peek behind the curtain. So we have um,
2: been granted access to the Rams practice field. We're staring out upon it right now at UC Irvine. It's very cool, uh, and thank you to the Rams. For having us. We're going to have some really cool interviews today. Brandon Cooks, uh, Marcus Peters, two of the uh, big new arrivals for the team. Sean McVay, little coach. Big fish. Big fish. Uh, And, Wes, I know you're excited about talking to Sean McVay. He's like your little man crush.
5: He's uh, the most fascinating person in the NFL right now. Mm. little Adamic and
4: Sue action, potential future Hall of Famer. And, Mark,
2: I know you're not going to
4: spare any,
2: any details with him. You're going to go after him hard. You're going to say, I have stuff to to bring up with you, surface, specifically about Thanksgiving incidents. I think that's where you're
4: going (laughs) in this interview.
3: I'm going to go deep into the wormhole of his uh, many issues on Thanksgiving, no doubt. What um, else would I do, Dan? You just have a close
4: con- relationship with his mom, though, right? So that's. a good I mean, I spoke thing. to
3: her for ten minutes last March. Um, so close is the word.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, it's it's very cool here. Uh, it is It is a little interesting because it just seems like it's the entire Rams team, and then just the podcast bozos.
4: That's basically uh, it right but now. It's
2: kind of a it's kind of a cool vibe, and uh, uh, today's show you're going to hear from uh, those Rams. Uh, players and the coach, and then we're also going to do the news, and uh, and yeah, Brassy is standing behind Mark right now, and she, you know she wants the she wants the mic, Scary. she wants to be on the show. <laughs> In fact,
4: uh, she said she wanted on. That's the only reason I keep bringing her. I'm up, starting she wants to, to be feel part like of the
2: show and the polarizing audience reaction to uh, the soundbite you played from Brassy. <laughs> I'm starting to feel like this little campfire party that you guys had last weekend. There was just a lot of. Uh, a lot of chatter a lot of trash talk hmm. and i feel like there's a bit of a toxicity to it that maybe is filtering down it's throughout nah. the operation i feel that
3: too dan i'm strongly with you on that viewpoint it's all about the magic
4: flame that's how we roll brassy and i yeah, that's just our relationship i also feel toxicity. like greg is
3: trying to concoct some sort of deep relationship <laughs> with brassy that may not actually be there in real life
2: very interesting
4: <laughs> very interesting and
2: i did hear through the grapevine that Brassy had some very, very not-so-nice things to say about David Ely, the pr- mm, perspective. This is no. really taking up um, a lot of the show. That's right? the man. Uh, Maybe we'll have to have her uh, on at the end man. of the
4: show. We'll see at the at the very end when we say goodbye. Keep dangling that, that carrot.
2: Spot. Dangle that carrot. All right, so let's get into it. Um, before we get to all the Rams players, let's do some news because that's what we're here for. We're a news podcast. <laughs> Hit it, Tamposi.
6: Good afternoon, everybody. Hey, this morning, I'm standing in the rain, drizzling everything. Today, it's hot as heck here. We're sweating at everything. But what a great time we had at the Jets' practice today. Hey, here's the quarterbacks. Josh McCann, exactly what you expect. The veteran guy, knows where to throw with the ball. Leadership, you see all that.
2: God, I love Charlie Casserly. He's the best. I mean, the man has Charisma. Football knowledge, Super Bowl rings. That's the guy
4: we got to get on the show.
3: Sort of the aura of an old-school detective to him as well. Yes. I yes. like everything about him. Yes. He's
4: like a 1950s television character. Absolutely. Basically.
2: If we were playing the one-word game with Charlie, it would be hard scrabble.
4: Right, you <laughs> see, Hardison? the, the f- most important person in your organization is your quarterback. And the second most important person in your organization is your backup quarterback. And the third most important person in your organization is... Is your quarterback coach. (laughs) That's
2: (laughs) Greg's best uh, impersonation is Charlie. Um, All right, let's get to the news, uh, and we'll start uh, on the throne of sleaze uh, where the New England Patriots have signed Eric Decker to a one-year deal. Uh, Decker, who's bounced around the league a little bit now, started with the Broncos, went to the Jets, uh, last year with the Titans. Now a Patriot. He joins a depth chart. Uh, that is dealing with some stuff. You have looming suspension for Julian Edelman. You have injuries. Kenny Britt has a hamstring. Malcolm Mitchell, a knee issue. And, of course, Jordan Matthews, uh, who we talked about on our last show, cut loose after suffering his own hamstring injury. So Eric Decker-Greg joins the Patriots. And why do I feel that this is going to work out gangbusters for the throne?
4: I hope you're right. I don't necessarily assume he's going to make the team at all because the Patriots do this every year this is one of their moves they throw as many random wide receivers against the wall and see what sticks now when they're loaded at the position they don't necessarily do it but there's been this has happened so many times over the years and very often it's like a Reggie Wayne or certain parts of Dante Stallworth's career it's like they don't even end up making the team so we have to see I would love it because they definitely need the help at wide receiver
5: it's amazing how quickly things change in the NFL I logged in Tuesday and saw that Eric, Dicker was, or Eric Decker was about to work out for the Patriots, and I thought, they have one of the deepest wide receiver cores in the league. And then you think about Edelman's suspension, Julian Mathews tore his hamstring after that, Malcolm Mitchell's knee, Kenny Britt. Britt's got a hamstring. Right, none of them are practicing. They need some people. In two days, all that changed from a deep wide receiver core to Philip Dorsett's going to start. Plus, Kenny Britt is Kenny Britt, so let's start right there.
3: <laughs> but I would say, I mean, it also talks about, with the NFL, it's relationships because... Josh McDaniels, as we mentioned last show, he's the guy that drafted Eric Decker in Denver. And he must say to himself and must have told Belichick, look, this guy can – they brought in guys like Ocho Cinco who – Notoriously struggled with the playbook Even while he was on the field That maybe they must feel Eric Decker Of all the guys they looked at He can help it's us It's so
4: random They also have Corderell Patterson Who's almost a, a lock to make the team like, It
3: feels like you just like rolled the dice On the, every ro- yeah. receiver in the league And here's who the Patriots ended up
4: with. I really hope Kenny Britt makes the team And is a factor Because I want to get a sponsored segment Mark makes a derogatory remark about Kenny Britt. Like I think we can get well, it that will be sponsored. Deserved. Every show, <laughs> like or if it's not sponsored, at least have a sound drop for it. Why is it Kenny
2: Britt's fault that the Browns <laughs> were stupid enough to give him a huge, big money deal?
4: That
3: isn't their fault. The, what he did with it is his fault. Yeah, that's I'm fair. I'm with Mark that on this. One. I'm
2: with. I'm with you too, Mark. Just, He's but, uh, he,
3: wrong
4: guy to be going around defending Dan. <laughs> but I'm also with Dan on, on, on team Decker. Kenny Britt.
2: Any guy that hangs out at Hoboken <laughs> car washes. I'm okay it, with it. We're
4: in the location where uh, he crashed his uh, his golf cart. Absolutely. U, UC Irvine. Before having a pretty good season. Um, <laughs> and
2: just one more note on this signing, which, again, I want to be on the record and out in front of this, is going to be not only is he going to make the team, Wes, they're going to be singing songs about what a big pickup Eric Decker was Would come December. Would you
5: say 71,009?
2: No, I don't want to go that strong. I will give you um, – 65, 906. <laughs> this story writes that itself. That would be crazy.
5: Last year, he's coming off major hip surgery. And shoulder surgery. Different, yeah, shoulder surgery. He wasn't ready to be like the old Eric Decker again, but, you know, after a year. Yep. And he was playing now for Mike Malarkey. Now he's back to where he was. He came on a little bit at the end of the yeah. season, won a playoff game. That, Tom Brady's
4: going to be in sync with him. It's I like, just waved at the mascot, Rampage, by the way. <laughs> it's it every single like the right thing to do. Uh, Patriots fan who owned a Danny Amendola jersey like Tamposi can now just buy the Eric Decker jersey if he makes the team like I can see the transition and
2: one uh, vaguely unsettling uh, tweet from you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) one vaguely unsettling tweet from Adam Schefter of ESPN who's their obviously chief information man uh, after reporting the news about three hours ago added this rejoinder and it's neither here nor there but is there now a better looking QB wide receiver combo in the NFL than Tom Brady and Decker. Hey, calm your thirst, Adam.
4: What is How that about bad? Jimmy G to Greg Kittles? It's not a good sign when Dan is getting on you for saying guys are good looking.
2: How about Sam Darnold to anyone? That dude's hot. Uh, moving on, the Bengals are moving on <laughs> from uh, veteran wide receiver Brandon Lafell. Uh Mike Arafolo reported Thursday morning. The team would cut the veteran. Uh, LaFell spent the past two seasons as the number two guy in Cincinnati, uh, compiled about 1,400 yards on 96 catches, uh, nine touchdowns. Obviously, Chris Wessling, Cincinnati's offense has been no one's version of Studley uh, in the last two seasons, and LaFell was just another guy in that unit.
5: Well, the Bengals are doing him a solid here by releasing him early in camp so he can catch on with someone else. As you've pointed out before, Bill Parcells has talked about progress stoppers. Yes. An older player who is no longer in his prime is just good enough to go out there and give you acceptable play, and that's what Brandon LaFell is right now. But when you've got young, exciting guys like John Ross, uh, Josh Malone, Tyler Boyd, Tyler who are all showing promise in camp, it just seemed like the writing was on the wall, Brandon LaFell. Was not only not going to be in the rotation, but probably wasn't going to be on the team. And, and Bill Parcells, this guy, Bill Belichick, waved farewell to Brandon LaFell a couple seasons ago. Exactly. I, I nothing it
4: has made me more optimistic about the Bengals than this move, because it, yes. it feels like here's the replacement level guy that they've just accepted over the last couple of years, and instead they're making a move that's saying like, swing, sink or swim. Maybe these young guys don't work, but we got to go for something because the six and ten, seven and nine Bengals from the last couple of years aren't getting you how quickly
3: does he wind up on the
2: cowboys
4: <laughs> well he That's would f- he would upgrade that cool team already it's like got, it wouldn't be a bad
2: move they've already got six LaFell's exactly uh why I not know seven the, I know this could never Come on. this will never happen uh but I feel like Cincinnati's a, a dark horse team of ATL you know get behind somebody Whoa. that no one else is talking about that could be due for a nice little bounce back campaign but it's all on your shoulders Wes no
5: I believe in them but I'm not like no, I'm not getting behind the Bengals. Wes, is, Wes yeah.
4: always says he's agnostic and he doesn't have a team, but he does have a team. It's the team that's playing the Bengals. I Maybe mean, a little exactly.
3: meta to pick the team of ATL with the Dalton scale quarterback under center. <laughs>
4: that would be wild. I'm just saying it'd be kind <laughs> the of The show boring. would
2: blow up. The it'd show would simply implode
5: at that point. We might replace Mike Brown as the owners.
2: Um, <laughs> uh, moving on uh We're following this because he's one of the better safeties of his generation, but it is a very familiar storyline, but we're going to keep it uh, everyone up to tabs on it, up to date on it. Earl Thomas uh, wrote for the Players Tribune, which is the Derek Jeter gossip rag of record. (laughs)
4: Uh, Not really. I believe the Muckrakers. Jeter's the assistant uh, editor. It's his. Durant really is the, that copy. Durant is like the executive editor, so yes. like Jeter, he's more of like a big picture like Richard Sherman, like a guy. section editor.
2: Yeah, Jorge Posada writes headlines. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, so uh, Earl Thomas, uh, on Players Tribune. Uh, elaborated on the demands that he posted on Instagram last month in which he asked the Seahawks to either give him an extension or trade him. Uh, He wrote this. "I'm, I'm asking the Seahawks to do one of two things. Offer me an extension or trade me to a team that wants me to be part of their future. And he went on and on and on. So it's very similar. You understand his frustration. You also understand where the Seahawks are as an or- organization and their unwillingness to give him money when they're in a, in a kind of a semi—I don't say rebuild, but a reworking of their roster. It's a tough situation, West.
5: Well, I feel like the the Seahawks, according to what they've done so far, it would be in keeping with their approach just to have a one-word response to Earl Thomas. No. We're not going to pay you or trade you. We're just going to let you dangle on the vine for a while. I think they'll trade him if they can get a good
4: offer. And Isn't now that what is, they're waiting for? Now is not the time of year where you get a good offer, so they're just kind of sitting on it. You know, maybe you get it September 1st, or, or even, I don't know, during the season, if
5: he's really willing to sit out time. This one feels like... Both sides are waiting for the other to flinch. It, it
3: just feels to me like, from a from a football only angle, this is one of the messiest situations in the league right now. And it was two months ago, and it's not gotten any it's, better.
4: It's one of those stories we've talked about so long that I now I had one take about it initially, and now I've it's like changed. gone all the way to the other take, <laughs> which is kind of like, well, he is only twenty nine years old and a Hall of Famer. Like, maybe it's not that crazy to give him another contract. He's a pretty unique like person in the history. We know of where the NFL team. Network wants him to go. Oh no. yeah. <laughs>
3: and
2: I think that's
4: I still think that's where mm. he will be in big D I think come week 1. That's <laughs> that's what I feel. I'm still thinking about Jorge Posada's like slow <laughs> march <laughs> around third base like going to home. There was no slower player than Jorge Posada like if if he writes headlines as slow as he ran around the bases like what that would be Two like. Two different skill sets.
2: I like Derek like poking his head out of these executive <laughs> office be like, "Jorge, not
4: enough SEO."
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, boss. Uh, Moving on, we don't usually get caught up with um, training camp practice stats, but let's check in on what's going on with the Chiefs. Uh, It's becoming a little bit of a story around that team, the Patrick Mahomes, who was handed the keys to the franchise when the Chiefs traded Alex Smith to Washington uh, earlier this year. Or um, what was it? Yeah, earlier this year. And uh, his start to training camp has been bumpy. How bumpy? Per ESPN.com. Mahomes has tossed seven interceptions in six practices. Uh, and here's what offensive coordinator, and I did not know this, and I'm not ashamed that I need to be more plugged in. I didn't know Eric Bieniemy got the promotion. OC great name. Of One of the great of the NFL G's, names. A great kind middle of middle-of-the-road running back, I remember, in the old days. Uh, he's the OC. Here's what he had to say about uh, Mahomes' start to camp.
7: He had a few hiccups today, but that's a part of the process. When you're young, you need those hiccups because they become Valuable lessons in life And so Would we like for him To be perfect? Yes We'd like for him To have a, the highest rating Passer quarterback Rating ever But uh, He just needs to be Poised under pressure Anything to be worried About Greg? I
4: don't know These are one. <laughs> these That's just the answer I don't know What to make Of these stories Like Mitchell Trubisky They've been saying Is throwing a, an interception A day at least And sometimes It is an indicator It's like I went to Colts camp last year and they couldn't complete a pass not that I needed to see that to know Scott Tolzien was going to struggle but sometimes it is an indicator but unless you're there I I just feel like it's one of those stories that it's hard to to know what it means
5: does anybody believe and I don't mean just in the podcast does any football fan believe anything other than Patrick Mahomes will make the Chiefs more fun to watch They'll probably rack up more yards and they'll have more losses because he turns the ball over and than, than right. their MVP candidate last year, who was known for not turning the ball over.
3: Yeah, and I think with, with camp, especially, where like Greg, you said it, we're not there and we don't know what the situation is. But it is—I do find it interesting that when a player shines in camp, we're always say, "Oh no," but listen, it's camp and it's against guys who aren't in pads or it's uh, you know seven on sevens. But when they struggle. We attribute all this stuff to it. It's it's the same thing. We it's, it They're both they're probably likely
4: learning and it's meaningless and let's get them into real games before we make a real judgment. Kevin King of the Packers had a good quote to their ESPN reporter just talking about how some players do get caught up that the reporters are keeping track of the completions and everything. And he's saying in so many cases, they're working on certain attributes of the game that are their weakest attributes. It's like, hey, let's just work on that today. You're probably going to get smoked by Aaron Rodgers, but that's what you're going to work on today. And that sort of – there's no way to know that context unless you're there. And the other thing around the Chiefs right
2: now is, like, the Chiefs can be a worse team this year. They could have a worse record – and still have made the right decision to make Patrick Mahomes their quarterback.
5: Absolutely, and one of the reasons why Mahomes is the starting quarterback and not Alex Smith is because they want a guy who's going to pull the trigger on high-risk, high-reward throws, which results – and more interceptions
2: and more big plays. It was a move for the future, but what makes it especially exciting is that Mahomes has the potential to be great right now. So it's ex- an exciting time for the Chiefs, mm. but I think you have to have your eyes open as a Chiefs fan yeah. that this might be a step back and for a bigger step forward down the line. He's played
3: one game. So you maybe in, <laughs> entering into his second game in the NFL there's still something to work on work on there. <laughs> Eric B. Enemy. He's a by
4: the way. product though. That that's my. Opinion. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Eric Bieniemy uh one of the all-time great Chris Berman nicknames, Sleeping With the Enemy. I mean, I, that <laughs> might be number one. <laughs> I think it, it is, is number one.
2: Sleeping with the Enemy. Well, he's
4: given you a lot to work with the last name to
3: begin with. So, little
2: Got to work on my Berman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. The Tennessee Titans. Ooh, the ACL bug has struck again. Jonathan Ciprian, their starting strong safety, is done for the year. Mike Vrabel, the head coach, confirmed that Cyprian suffered uh, a torn ACL and a non-contact play during Wednesday's practice, uh, and that is a tough situation. Kenny Vaccaro, there's, as we know, there's an off-season subplot. Mark that there was a lot of safeties that could play that have not been able to find jobs. So all of a sudden, a job opens up. We hear Kenny Vaccaro is coming for a visit. Uh, potentially, Eric Reed. Uh, who else? Was Mike it? Mitchell. Mike Mitchell. So one of these out of work safeties is going to get a gig. Unfortunately, it's at the expense of Jonathan Cyprian.
3: Yeah, nobody wanted to pay these safeties three or four months ago, but now there's a critical need for them when your starter goes
5: down. Yeah, I'm not saying Jonathan Cyprian is is chopped liver, but. Because of the way the free agent market went, there there is a, a scenario where they sign a guy like Kenny Vaccaro when he comes in and plays better than I'd take Ciprian. Eric Reed
4: over Cyprian in a second.
5: And to me, he's a very
4: similar strengths and assets, and he's younger and really played well at the end of last year. It's it's crazy to me. Eric Reed doesn't have a job. I know there's. It's partly be, you know maybe because he's suing the Bengals uh, part, right now.
5: Partly because of his injury history too. Uh,
4: partly, but. If he didn't kneel with Colin Kaepernick and wasn't so outspoken, there's no doubt in my mind he would have been signed right away. So it's a little crazy. Well,
5: why why is Kenny Vaccaro unsigned? He didn't
4: kneel Kenny with Kenny Vaccaro's hurt, and Kenny Vaccaro was a mess last year. He was the second-to-lowest-ranked safety in PFF, and he's coming off an injury.
2: Uh, Mark, can you uh, hop out of that chair and go tell the man driving the Toro lawnmower <laughs> that the grass is about a tenth of an inch long, and we don't need that background noise right now.
3: We don't need that, and nobody. We're doing a
2: podcast, sir.
3: <laughs> nobody on the show is more annoyed by general outside sounds than I am, so
2: trust me, it's it's bugging me. <laughs> There have been people driven out of our company for sitting too close to Mark
4: <laughs> in the newsroom. Mark's like, con- <laughs> like, like had like cold wars to get certain people moved across the newsroom and they usually work. Believe like me, you don't they are effective
3: cold wars. It's not a cold war because something effectively happens at the end of it. <laughs>
2: Um,
4: it does. There is a victor. Brassy, and it's a look, Brassy looked up the with. second we were talking about this. We were That's not how Brassy about you, got
3: her Brassy. name, and I gave it to her about five years ago because <laughs> I work these early Saturday shifts, and it's about 5.15 in the morning, and the room is dark and silent, yeah. and there's one individual about 30 yards away from me speaking in a hyper-loud Southern accent, and I'm just saying, who is this person? I got to know her. She's a delight, but she, still she, is, from the named, previous she night. is named Brassy and, for a reason.
2: Um, finally in the news, a little uh, trope alert. Alert. Jordy Nelson Troop is alert. moving like he's, quote, Troop 28 alert. in training camp for the Oakland Raiders.
5: Troop and Earl alert. Thomas can't get a contract at 29. Wait, how old is Jordy Nelson? <laughs> Jordy, I think, is 33. Yeah, like 28 didn't even...
2: What is that had, telling us? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. It's just important that you guys know that the Packers made a gargantuan error. A lot of
3: self-fulfilling in prophecies in, in August where we like to tell you how great our own signing was with these press releases. People
4: at Raiders camp, for what it's worth, have been talking up. Jordy Nelson and a lot of people it's it's reporters that are close to the Raiders including some of you know family members that work for NFL Network Like, but they were talking that Jordy Nelson is running by people so we'll, well see and let Maybe. me give a little
2: more context it's uh, Michael Gelkin uh, the reporter for the Las Vegas Review-Journal and uh, he admits it quote reads like training camp puff uh, but he is really looking good. Well, they're so there. We're not there.
3: He's another year he removed from ACL. He's there on agree. the sideline watching, and coaches are saying it. Players are saying it. So,
2: benefit of the doubt. All right. That's what's happening in the news. Time to get to it. We have some great interviews set up with some big fish with the Rams. And why don't we start with the head coach, Sean McVay, entering his second season. The first season could not have gone better. So, we get into that and more. Let's listen. All right. Today we get the chance to talk to Sean McVay, head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, a guy who bursted onto the head coaching scene as a superstar in his first <laughs> year. That. And now you have to follow that up, and it's always hard to do, isn't it, Sean? <laughs>
6: It is, you know, but uh, I think the biggest thing is is you feel really confident with the players that we have, uh, with the coaching staff that we're doing this with, and I think there's a humility that our team has. You know, there's a confidence, there's a swagger, but there's a humility understanding that we got to earn it every single day, and uh, we're looking forward to getting going, but we understand that we kind of just have to be where our feet are planted, and that's, you know, doing what we can control today.
5: Like, See, go go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. It seems like the Patriots have an advantage on the entire league because one of the keys to championships is a quarterback with – coach-like powers at the line of scrimmage and you seem like you've taken like Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hour rule and thrown (laughs) it out the window with what you're doing at the line of scrimmage with Jared Goff and you've downplayed that I've heard defensive coordinators sometimes downplay how much of an advantage why should we believe that's not an advantage? Because it seems to me like the best innovation in the NFL right now.
6: Well, I think there's a lot of guys that utilize it, you know, and it's really, you know, it's exclusive to just being able to talk to the quarterback. It's not necessarily getting the checks, different things like that. Jared and really our quarterbacks as a whole have an ownership on what we're trying to do. And really it's at the discretion of the quarterback. You know, worked with different quarterbacks that like to be able to use, all right, just give me some pointers and stuff all the way till fifteen and if I don't need it I can tune you out. And then there's some guys that say, Give me the play and, and then just let me go operate and um, you know, I've I've worked with both. We happen to work in a situation where we're giving information, and Jared, you know, he can tune me out a whole lot, and I'm sure he does a <laughs> lot. So, yeah. uh, you know, we're we're doing things that you know, really a lot of people around this league, you know, just talking to coaches do, and that's if the quarterbacks like to be able to utilize that. But it's not exclusive to just giving plays and different things like that.
4: It's like that when they're substituting, though. How how is that process for you when you're kind of watching who they're substituting, and putting into the. In, onto the field, and then you're making the decision how you're going to counter that before the 15 seconds comes up.
6: Well, really, that's, you know, if we're at the line of scrimmage, there's some different things that, that we do, Greg, but really, you know, a lot of that comes from up top, you know, what are the personnel groupings that the defense is presenting based on what we're in offensively, what the situation might be if it's a third down, different things like that, so I think there was a lot made of it just because he was mic'd up and you heard some of the cool code words and different yeah. things like that, but it's a phase of our offense, but, you know, if you've got 65 to 70 snaps in a game, we Might be at the line of scrimmage for anywhere between 15 and 20 of those, and some of those might be getting some check with me things. But all those are things that the quarterback has command of, and a lot of those decisions are being made really after 15 if you kind of really watch. Um, It just happens to be when the headset cuts off, but he's making a lot of decisions under that 15 second timeline as well. A
3: lot of people talk about how young you are and talk about the age and how you hit the scene, but with the football acumen and knowledge that kind of blowing people away. Your grandfather was a head coach back in the 70s did that impact? How did that impact you? I
6: imagine it must have. Yeah, Mark, it really did. Just being around the game, you know, and I don't think I really realized how much you pick up on until you kind of look back on those times and, you know, just being around the game, being around the players, that competitive atmosphere that this league provides. And um, you know I feel f- so fortunate to have gotten the opportunities that I've gotten really as a result of my grandfather's you uh, you know, re- you know, reputation that he's established in this league getting a chance to work for great people with the Gruden family working with the Shanahan's and uh, people that were willing to invest and mentor you and, and kind of try to help guide you along the way and, and know that you know it's all about the people that you're surrounded with
2: my grandfather just used to call me a meatball a lot <laughs> which is just it just That's felt your it, legacy. it hurt and it, it sticks with me to this day um, <laughs> this is all interesting stuff and the, the, the grandfather angle but i also have been hearing (laughs) dance uh, board sean that there is an incredible uh, taco joint somewhere within the irvine area Mm. i was wondering as you as a head coach of the rams if you're plugged in on this and if you could tell us where it is
6: well i don't know i don't know if you're referring to a specific one but we've been to javier's which is a great mexican restaurant around (laughs) here they took good care of our staff when we reported to camp Lots of good drinks, lots of good food. You know, more uh, more drinks we had than food. So I don't know if I can help you out there, <laughs> meatball. <I> mean, <laughs> meatball. <laughs> that's right. awesome.
2: Well, that's good. They don't serve meatballs typically at Mexican Mexican restaurants, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> the four of us, we text nonstop. January, April, we've got thousands of texts. Is there, do you have a a text chain with a couple head coaches that just go on throughout the year. I mean, I just want, I'd love to get in your phone and see what kind yeah. of conversation. He wants to be I part want. of your group. Team. I want to be I keep, in, t- t- I be part keep of in
6: touch with those guys around the league. You know, you keep in touch with Jay Gruden, you know, you talk to some of these other, you know, John, when he gets back into it and, you know, some of the other coaches that you've gotten a chance to get to know over just really the last year and a half or so. And then, uh, you know, I'm always bothering our players with stuff too. They're probably, you know, tired of hearing <laughs> from me what, you know, they're like, this guy needs to get a life. And, you know, when it's time to have off, you know, stop thinking about football all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, we were talking you know, before we, we started, and you're just kind of hoping that there's
4: no injuries so far, six days in the camp, like things are going well. I wanted to ask kind of like, why Why is camp so important to you? Like, Wes is at the point, and I think this is more the coverage of training camp, where he, he's kind of done with training camp. Like training camp uh, well, is the worst okay. month of coverage <laughs> of the season.
5: I understand the importance to a team. It's just as important as it's been since the 1940s, but the media coverage has changed so much and we blow things entirely out of proportion in training camp that mean nothing once the season starts, so like help us,
6: help yeah, us cover. It. I think really training camp provides a great opportunity to kind of establish what you're going to be as a team, to come together, to figure out, you know, what are the nuances in terms of how you want to operate offensively, defensively, and on special teams. And really, it gets a great opportunity to kind of figure out your personnel, whether there's spots where guys are competing for jobs, different things like that. And then, you know, a big part of it for us as you continue to kind of educate yourself on the sports science approach is taking advantage of these walkthroughs uh, where you get around our athletic trainer, Reggie Scott, and our our head strength coach Ted Rath, and you understand that while you do want to push, not at the expense of having guys susceptible to some injuries, and then also making sure they're as fresh as possible for when these games really count, starting in the you know the first second week of September.
2: Does it feel different? Um, obviously, you're in a different place as a team. Last year, coming off a tough season, this year, a lot of people are picking you as like a Super Bowl favorite. Does it feel different uh, in terms of your preparation, the coaching staff, where you're coming from personally?
6: I think the only thing that feels different is really, you know, the comfort level with knowing the people that you're doing it with, you know, we know our players a lot better. There's some continuity on our offense, defensive and and special team systems and how we want to operate. And really, as a staff, we've got good, you know, cohesion in terms of what we want to get, get done. And, you know, we've had some guys that were elevated when we lost Matt LaFleur and Greg Olson, where they got coordinator jobs, but I feel really fortunate to go to work with these players, these coaches. Uh, And I think just the idea as far as knowing how we want to operate, we can do things a little bit more there's a couple things that I know I can do a much better job yeah. of in terms of the planning. But as far as the way that we go about practice, different things like that, it's very much the same. Can you, can you want something we your- don't know
3: about Les Snead?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's, he's been on this show before, and he's a little
6: – he didn't want to talk too much about it. the Les Kara gave the us information, she but did.
2: Les would not – we could not we pump need some Les so much Something
6: that, that you don't know about Les Snead, you know, I would say that uh, – one of the things that you don't know that you know don't know about Les need he's a wine connoisseur loves a nice glass mm, okay. of wine mm. we can work uh, with that that's not Put him much in touch information with but, but that was uh you know we we uh, when i first got hired last year we would go and and uh you know have a little drink at the end of the night and Kara would come and we would uh you know kind of get to know each other a little bit talk about the personnel and you know, he'd still wake up the next morning with his teeth red. So I'm wondering if he brushed his teeth <laughs> the next morning. That's great.
2: Uh, all right, Sean, thank you uh, for joining us. If you want to join us for tacos, that would, maybe that's that's an option. You as got well. time? Sounds Come on. Good. <laughs> I got a lot
6: of time.
4: Sean, Shona, Sean going to get get after those margaritas. It's it's always a good time. For
6: <laughs> there you go. All right, Sean McVeigh. Thanks guys. Thanks, Appreciate thank it.
4: Thank you, Sean a little bit braggy
2: in my opinion with knowing everyone's names. I just feel like that, that got was on your radar very quickly. shot right, huh? at me cuz I could never do something like that. I barely remember you guys' names.
3: He gave you two names, Dan and Wes?
4: <laughs> Meatball. Meatball. Wh- whenever he's pe- carrying on the <laughs> legacy of my grandfather, <laughs> Baba. Whenever people do that, I I think like I, yeah, I could never do that and like, oh, that's how he got into this position of leadership. That's what real men do. Greg, I've seen you
5: forget somebody's <laughs> name men. 2
4: seconds after you've met them. Oh yeah, I never pay attention the first time. Like you have to it's going to be 2 to 3 times talking to them. They need to make an impression. It's actually really, a sign I've heard about that <laughs>
2: <laughs> because I'm a little self-conscious about it cuz people say it's like a sign of being just completely self-obsessed and not be able to remember other people's names. Sounds about right. But it's just hard. No,
3: but I think the first point is accurate. Not that you're not that anyone is <laughs> yes. self-obsessed, but it's that in that moment you're only focused on how do I look? How do I sound? And then the four names have gone by and you have no
4: concept of what's right. Happened. Or you're not in my case, you're not thinking about anything to do with that person or yourself. You're thinking about something. Well, totally. you're a nihilist. So that, that would be, you're just Hardly in another space. space. Maybe that's not how you're
5: thinking about work? what you want to say next. Um, this, in uh, other is another lawnmower. So thinking about lunch. So,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah. So McVeigh, obviously exactly the guy, Mark, I said, you have to talk to the Toro. When guy. is the
3: last time anyone here cut a lawn? I want an honest answer.
2: Uh, I cut along last summer at my parents house. You have to Helped be the out winner. The old man.
4: Me about I mean, 1991. Either senior year of high school or the the summer after that, probably the summer after that. That would be it's it. Been at least 10 years. I was I was gifted at it.
2: In fact, I was known uh by Here we family go. members as Danny Doublecut because <laughs> what? some people, Stop. yes. Yes. Some people will just go up and I'm sure that's what you guys did. No. we uh, would go up and down just one row at a time. Uh, and just knock it out as fast as possible, I would always go up the row and then back down the row to make sure there was no mulch left behind. Because if you leave behind mulch, you're sloppy. I take offense to that. I would circle
3: first around the entire lawn twice. <laughs> two oh, like or three that, times so there would be a perimeter, trim, a perimeter and then I'd go back and forth on the inside then collect all the trimmings mm-hmm. and then maybe go throw them in the forest so
5: they wouldn't be seen from the house I would combine it with wool gathering the forest <laughs> stuff <laughs> wool gathering yeah just you know make some designs in the grass the uh, fir- <laughs> first job I ever got fired from was, was mowing
4: a lawn when I was like 11 or 12 years old
5: Why did you get fired?
4: I don't know. must have done a terrible job. (laughs) Uh, But McVeigh was more or less exactly um,
2: kind of who who I expect. He's super confident, obviously very sharp. He knows the names. And uh, a man completely uh, in control of his own destiny, and he knows it.
5: Also, still what I've noticed, still unwilling to say anything that will shine a positive light on himself. He's not willing to go there, and he's not willing to say anything that doesn't give his quarterback a ton of credit.
2: It's good to be Sean McVay, by the way. Oh yeah, I think it's great. Um, all right, moving on. Now we're going to uh, get into conversations with three. This off season, what took the hype to the next level is that the Rams did not stand pat, and it was it's easy to respect that because they could have, and instead they made some big moves. Uh, and we're going to go talk to three guys uh, that have joined the team, and we expect to make a big impact. Let's start with new wide receiver Brandon Cooks, and then you're going to hear uh, from the brand new cornerback. Marcus Peters. Let's get to it. Now joining us, wide receiver of the Rams, Brandon Cooks. Last time we saw Brandon, he was on the field at the Super Bowl. Now he's in L.A. Uh, playing for the most high-profile team, arguably in the NFC, after time with the Patriots. So you're always in the mix, Brandon.
8: <laughs> no, I guess so. I like it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, it must be like playing, we call it, or I call it on our podcast, the, playing for the Patriots is the throne of ease it just seems everything comes easily that's just i'm a bitter jets fan but with Whoa. the rams <laughs> right yeah. with the rams it feels like everything is in such a good spot right now for success and you feel like a, a missing piece or a final piece type guy for them
8: um you know i think they were doing so many great things last year um and what we're building so far at this camp uh has been great you know the beautiful thing is we have such a long way to go um a lot more practices left uh you know just taking
4: one day at a time like let everything else take care of so I feel like playing for the Patriots, the first, like, word that comes to mind, like, would not be easy. No. No? Was that easy? Was that an easy experience?
8: Uh, No, I don't think uh, playing football is an easy experience in in general. Uh, You know, playing for Coach Belichick was great. Uh, Not an easy process, uh, but definitely well worth it. You learn a lot when you're over there. Um, And so a ton of respect for what they got going on. Well, there was kind
2: of an off-season trend, too, with certain guys dragging the patriots saying bell check and not fun to play for mm-hmm. that became kind of like a trend this off season what were your thoughts uh, on that?
8: I, you know, I mean, everyone has their personal experience. You know, my experience was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a special place. Uh, you know, they got special people from the owner and to, you know, to the coaching staff to the players. So I had a wonderful time, and there's mm-hmm. nothing negative I can say coming out of it I mean, the you've guys. been with I, Sean Payton and Phil Belichick. <laughs> yes, yeah.
3: And now you're with Sh- with, Sh- with McVay. Is, do you yeah. see any sort of D- shared DNA between McVay and these other two coaches? Uh, I
8: think just the hunger uh, to put in the work on, on their end, to be able to put us in our best. Uh, position to win games, I see it from all three of these guys. Um, You know, Coach McVay does it so well. He brings so much energy just like the other ones do, uh, just in his own way, which uh, I think is awesome.
3: What about the two quarterbacks you've been with? Breeze, Brady, and now you're
8: with Jared Goff. Where is Goff compared to those guys? You know, Goff is obviously trending in that direction. Um, You know, he had an awesome year last year, and then what he's been doing out throughout this spring and throughout this training camp, um, you know, he's doing great things, and with that being said, you know, I can't wait to be able to suit up on Sundays and get going with this
5: guy you bounced around the last three years to three different places but to me like it says something about you that three of the best minds in football want you on their team like Sean Payton you know Belichick and Josh McDaniels one of the best offensive coaches and now Sean McVay does it like do you feel good about that like there's so many smart coaches like want what you got
8: I mean you know I look at it and uh You know, I'm very thankful at the end of the day. You know, so many people can take the negative from it. uh, But I think that it's been such a blessing to play with uh, two great coaches and now playing for another third. Mm -hmm. Um, All that's doing is just helping my career and making me become a better player so I can, um, you know, be the best teammate that I can be.
5: Who's going to have more uh, yards this year, you or Robert? I don't get (laughs) into that. (laughs) We we heard you were a routine guy. So Mm -hmm.
4: you wanted to do this interview kind of right as you're coming off. (laughs) But uh, well, you it's, didn't want to do the interview Right, you probably <laughs> no, didn't no, want to at all That's you guys, what I'm getting like, So what does that mean yeah. to be a routine guy And are you are you upset with us for messing up no, your routine? No, I'm not upset at all <laughs> You know, you
8: be, you got to be able to improvise So uh, just for me, I just like to, you know, certain times I like to take care of my body Especially, you know, before practice want to get food in me You know, just little things like that Trying to be the best pro that I can be uh, So I can be healthy uh, it's pro- is it it's a ca- is
3: it a career high point to be on this show? You've been in the Super Bowl, <laughs> you've had a lot of great moments, but now you're here. I'm I'm
8: here. I'm I. I that's up there. I will say that. <laughs> okay, hanging out with you guys is up there. Do you listen to podcasts? Uh, yes, I do. Besides I do. ours. What do you uh, besides you to? But usually I just more so listen to uh, Pastor Brian Lewis. My faith is uh, a lot to me, cool. um, everything to me. So I usually like driving in in the morning and listening to podcasts to get my day started, uh, positive messages, things and last like that. question, or Give us a shot. You know? Did, yeah, no, you Tomorrow, shot. just give it a shot. More so going home from practice. How about that? <laughs> <Hey, you all? laughs> last
2: question. Where can we get a good taco in Irvine?
8: You know, um... Uh, I don't know, but can't get a besides, answer. Go, go, go to Nobu Malibu. They got some good. Malibu. Okay, <laughs> you're not wrong about that. A, go, a little above our oh, pay Sorry, <laughs> okay. Nobu.
5: We'll <laughs> save up for it.
4: Yeah, uh, <laughs> you'll you.
2: be able to do it. Brandon Cooks, uh, best of luck this. Thank season. you, guys. We very very thanks, Brandon. Appreciate Thank you. We have Marcus Peters, new cornerback for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, as you were coming to to meet with us, a Chiefs fan behind the scenes, Ryan said, "I can't believe we let." Uh, a hall of famer out the door. Mm. Yeah,
7: I'm gone now, so I don't <laughs> uh, so there's the there,
4: there, there's what you're leaving behind, mm-hmm. uh, Kansas City. You don't you don't seem too too sad about it.
7: No, I left with uh, 19 picks, a uh, couple of forced fumbles, a uh, couple of touchdowns, and we had a lot of a lot of fun out there. Mm-hmm. So it's time to move on.
4: But you don't disagree with the hall of fame uh, respect he's given you.
7: Uh, nah, man. So you got to just keep working, and then all that stuff will come on down the line for my peers and stuff who, who, who like my game and stuff. But as of right now, just keep working and keep grinding.
3: You know, you lead the league in picks since you entered the league, mm-hmm. and Aqib Talib, since he entered the league, mm. also enters picks. Is this the best cornerback duo in the NFL right now?
7: We're going to see, man. We're going to, as we, we, we get into the, the, what, this week two of camp, and we just keep building. And then by the time we get ready to play the Raiders on September 10th, Monday Night Football. We gonna find out. What do you think about Wade Phillips? He' an OG man. <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying that now, but it's it's, it's really um, it's really true, man. He's, he's he's so laid back. He he trusts his players to go out there and do everything that he's asking for us to do, and that's play fast, play physical, and just do 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 our job.
5: You go from Andy Reid, who's one of the best offensive minds of the last two decades, to Sean McVay, who's already one of the best offensive minds in mm-hmm. football. Do you see just in the short time you've been with Sean, like? Do you see something that makes him special?
7: Uh, everything that he does, the way that he prepares, the way that he, he he's so competitive on, on, all, on all tools of, of, of him wanting us to be on our toes, of, of defense, of us to be uh, sound on, on special teams, and then how you coming out with, it, with all his unique looks and, and his, his unique snap counts and stuff like that on the offensive side. It's all unique, man. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be a, a great coach in this league for a long time.
4: How about – just the difference like in vibe but they're both great coaches they both run their teams a certain way like what's the difference it ain't
7: nothing like california so uh but nah man big red kind of he, he kind of uh held his, his 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 ball club in the old school ways i should say of of, of how he was uh, was getting down with things but uh like I say, it's nothing like California, man. I think uh, Coach uh, Sean he, he fits perfectly with the California mm-hmm. weather, the California vibe. <laughs> He's a young young coach, man. You know, he, what he about, got his w- player ways. <laughs> what
2: about for you? I mean, Kansas City and no disrespect, Ryan uh, seems like a nice place. Uh, mm-hmm. But L.A. is a lot to how would, How big was that? Like coming to L.A. and uh, for you, like changing that type the mm-hmm. lifestyle like that.
7: Uh, I'm 50 minutes away from home on a flight. Yep. A five and a half hour drive to go home. Mm. And it it allows for my family to come see me play a lot more ball. You know, we play against, we still play in the Bay Area. You know, with me transferring from playing against Oakland every year, I go within playing against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Now my family still get to come see me play in Santa Clara and just close to my family. And what's it like being the new guy? So you're obviously a high profile guy,
2: Mm -hmm. but is it nerve wracking when? And I, maybe you know a lot of players on the Rams
7: even before you got here. Yeah. But what's it like being? I don't new feel like
3: dude? you get nerve wracked too often. No, I think, I
7: think the best <laughs> thing about Whittled this whole yeah, but I, I think the best thing about this whole situation is, is that I came in the, the, right when we was getting ready for OTAs and, and and all those things. So it allowed for me to be around my teammates and stuff and just to, to gel with them. See, I played with Corey Littleton in, in college mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I knew Ty for a little bit uh, with over pro bowls and just having conversations and stuff like that. And everything else, I know Jared from back at home and stuff and playing against him, but everything else, is, you just take it as a learning experience. You come in and you just be yourself, and then it's, it's going to all get to gelling as we go through these processes of OTAs, mini camp, and now training camp.
3: You have to go back to almost the 94 Niners to find a team that in the off season attacked free agency and trades to bring in players. They brought in, like, Dion Sanders back then. Mm-hmm. And it, you you guys, the Rams, really are the team that did that this offseason. It was a mm-hmm. distinct difference. The, and the, some, the way some teams build, is it really in-house? Is it sort of Super Bowl or bust for the Rams this season?
7: No, I think it's, uh, it's, it's week-to-week bust. Uh, we gonna prepare, yeah, we're going to we're going to prepare week to week and and, and see if we bust it that week or not and then we 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 can we continue to grow each week and then we see where we we fall at the end of the uh, 17 weeks of uh, regular season and then if we, we we get to playoffs we just keep playing our ball That's got to be a little bit
5: different going from the Chiefs where you were a perennial playoff contender but didn't get a, as much like media attention or love mm-hmm. to now everybody's picking you to do great things What's the difference between, like, the high expectations now versus where the Chiefs were? Uh, I, don't,
7: I don't see no difference because I think everybody uh, – there's only one champion in this league right now, and that's the, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, until we, we open up week one. You know, and then once we open up week one, everybody on a clean slate of, mm-hmm. of us playing ball. And you go out there and you put your best foot forward each week, and then you see where you fall at the end of the season. Who talks more, you or a keep? Man, we kinda <laughs> man, I don't know. We 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 kinda we to to be honest, I think we chill, man. You feel me? Okay.
3: What we, about your wide receivers?
7: Um, I think they chill too, <laughs> okay. man, with Cooper and uh Brandon and, and and Rob. I think they all chill, man. They all soft spoken and stuff and just I think they all just have the same mentality of let's just go in and work and see what we can uh fall at the end of this
4: uh Wade this- talks.
7: I think yeah, he's not man.
4: afraid to talk about really.
7: <laughs> it. But that's why I am saying he the OG, man. Mm-hmm. So he, he didn't seen a lot of game been coaching this game forty plus years. Now you gotta you gotta listen. I saw him wearing speaks.
2: a the Fortnite shirt. Is that a big thing with the team?
7: Yeah, he said that his grandson he got a six year old grandson, <laughs> so he said he watches his grandson play the game a lot. I asked him did he get down but I, I don't know how to play Fortnite, so mm. if he was getting down, man, that'd be something. is it huge, huge. with
2: the players in general?
7: Uh, I think that's the new thing that's popping around yeah. this, the, around the world right now. is Fortnite. Uh, you yeah. can do so much, uh, you know, with all of the new age dance moves and all that stuff. You know, it's just <laughs> what about makes, like Super Mario
3: Brothers? <laughs> so that's still big. Yeah, <laughs> I
7: mean, I'm a, I stick to Madden and stuff like okay. that. You know, I play the regular games of of, of, of what was what was like topical Like we we're at
4: UC those. Irvine, you're in a
7: dorm room right now. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you guys getting into in the dark? Uh, I'm watching my night? computer on FaceTime with my, my son until I can come see him the day at practice and, and just enjoy my time here. So there's,
2: there's no, like, raging keggers or anything? Nah, <laughs> man.
7: <laughs> nah, man. None, nothing like that, man. Does Wade ever talk about his dad, tell stories about him? Um... Not as much, you know, but we, you know, it's all about. He tells the stories about how how he grew for the love of football and, and and why he's been doing it for so long. And you can you can always relate to the, all those tools back to him, just his dad being a football coach and stuff. So you can just see the similarities.
2: Uh, last question, Marcus. We're grinding here, podcast dudes, grinding <laughs> in the sun. Uh, <laughs> afterwards, we're looking for a good taco spot in Irvine. Mm. Do you have any knowledge on this? I or haven't been Sean to a
7: taco spot out here. It's a, a great food place called Eureka over here. Eureka. Eureka. Okay. Yeah, they have some great wings. And some great hamburgers and stuff, you can okay. kind of mix and match it, whatever you want. Mark's a vegetarian. Part. What about I'll just walk? We can't can so bring him. Lettuce anyway. Get some lettuce, get some lettuce, all
4: right. that's the luck this season, yeah. yeah for sure, thank you, thanks, Vargas. Thanks, thanks, thank man. you. Yep. It. Good to meet you.
2: We cannot get a good taco read. Where are we gonna go? It gets you get
3: the sense that they've really kept them maybe hemmed in on the campus versus allowing them to flitter into the Los Angeles night till two or three in the morning during training camp. (laughs) We can try Javier's.
2: Uh, We can. So you heard from both cooks and Peters there. Marcus Peters, that dude has a lot of confidence by the way. Talk about Sean McVay. Uh, Marcus Peters is completely comfortable and, He's, I think, very happy to be
4: playing in a new
3: You You place. get the sense that pro athletes in general are confident. I'm not
2: – this is, this is new to me. I know, but, but some guys no, you're are just right. the next level.
4: The way he carries himself, he's, he's the type of confidence where he doesn't even need to talk, as he said. He just – the way that he kind of enters like everyone knows.
2: I did want to ask him why he threw his gloves into I the so crowd. I so to ask that. At oh. the Jets game last year. Uh, and basically, and then walked to the locker room and then came back with his shoes off. That was an incredible That's scene. how
3: interviews go south, but it would have been sure fantastic. He's,
2: yeah, he's probably moved on from that chapter of his career. All right, finally, <laughs> uh, we're going to hear from one of the most uh, gifted, uh, talented, notorious defenders of the last 10, 12 years in the NFL. Uh, he is the new defensive tackle for the Rams, and Domican Sue. All right, a ton of hype around the Rams this year, and one of the reasons is the man sitting next to Mark. Mark, not quite as big as the man next no. to you. And Dominick <laughs> Sue, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. You you spent so many years in Detroit, then Miami, uh, maybe never got a deep January run during those years. Yep. All of a sudden now you have a real chance with a top NFC contender. How exciting is that?
9: Got a lot of talent on this team. Uh, very excited. Uh, one of the attributes of me wanting to come here, team that uh, obviously showed a lot of promise in the previous year that they had uh, and just coming back with a young group young core guys, uh, especially a, a quarterback that uh, has grown tremendously under Coach McVay and uh, a strong offensive line that I wanted to practice against every single day. So uh, I'm excited about it, but we've got a lot of work ahead of
2: us. There's kind of like an iconic now already, or soon will be. If the Rams go all the way and they do the football life Super Bowl champion, The dinner at Nobu, where you were wined and dined (laughs) to be brought to L.A., was that a part of the conversation? Like, you're a guy that's a Hall of Fame candidate-type player that maybe a deep playoff run is the last thing you need to kind of go over the top and have the gold jacket?
9: I've said it before, without question. uh, The gold jacket is something that I aspire to have. I think all the greats, and, and the best, the special thing about it is being able to go with Charlie Sanders and see his bust uh, before he unfortunately passed many uh, a couple of years ago uh, was special for me when I was in Detroit. So mm-hmm. to be able to do that, he was a winner, uh, not only as a as a player, but as a coach and a mentor to me, uh, and and that's one thing that I want to accomplish: is being able to do some things, especially as a, as a unit, as a team, and a defense, and uh, that's obviously one of my big goals.
4: You, wow. just, you just came off the field to yes, practice uh-huh. in the Irvine Sun. How are you feeling about us keeping you in the sun a, a little longer? I,
9: I, I don't mind it. it. can beat the Miami Heat any day. Okay, because
4: yeah. okay, we're whims. There was a lot of, like, whenever we could take shade at all today, tent. and yeah. you're you're there with the full, like, uniform. How are you feeling after a couple hours like uh, that? It's not bad at all. I
9: mean, honestly, the wind's blowing. Uh, it's only probably, like, 85 degrees. I'm used to 100, 105 uh, especially. So it's, it's not bad. Not bad I would at all. put but this,
2: like, in the top 10 most challenging days of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also like
4: pushing 300 pound men, you know, in play after play. I would think He's tougher than us. Iron. I think we got it. <laughs> I was definitely built for it. So I try, like, Greg, I'm a professional athlete. The, I blocked those
9: things out. But no, it's, it's, it's definitely a grueling and a grind. That's part of camp. Uh, we all understand that. So as, as going into my ninth year, it's something that I don't really even focus on anymore. It's about getting better and trying to find things that I can craft and uh, be prepared for the season.
3: I had a chance last year for a, a Mother's Day piece to interview your mom, Bernadette, okay. and I said, just describe to me what Ndamukong Sue was like as a challenge. She said he was a very cuddly boy who, <laughs> who loved his Legos. Is that still the case?
9: Uh, still very cuddly. I, I got away from the Legos and connects. Uh, as my mom. I begged her and begged her for Christmas gifts all the time with that stuff, but uh, not without question. Uh, people see me on the football field and, and think that's my personality offside. Uh, outside when it's totally opposite. Uh, hmm. I, I love being around my friends and family spending time, uh, having fun, laughing, uh, and just really enjoying life. Uh, uh, Definitely in a special position to play. Uh, the game that I love and a sport that's tremendously has a great platform but uh, you, you, you soak it up and have fun with your friends and family at the end of the day.
3: I know that also you were a shot put champion. I, I did shot put in high school. Okay. Wow. And oh, I'm can like I keep on
2: seeing the, yeah, no,
3: the Were you a spinner or a glider? Uh, I don't even remember what the term was because I was not long for the team but would I intimidate you if we were to line up out there and have a kind of a contest there? Do you feel like you could take
4: me I, I down? I no
9: doubt. I, I'm ready to go. <laughs> well, let's hold off on that. That's an, an honest answer.
5: I mean he's kind but
9: he has no doubt. <laughs> now you're getting to competitive stuff. I'm okay, going to get my juices flowing.
5: We had Marcus Peters earlier and, and we asked him about Wade Phillips and he said he's the OG. Is he yeah. unlike any coach you've had before?
9: Oh, without question. He's got a ton of experience and obviously it's uh, a wealth of knowledge that I can grasp many things from. Uh, I mean, the other day when we were in OTAs, uh, had the opportunity to talk with him, uh, which is he's a man of many few words. So Uh, Being able to sit down with him and have that conversation especially around Reggie white one of the greats to to ever play the game was uh, Something special for sure.
4: Yeah, have you thought uh, at all about? uh, Week three this season you might be going up against the Cardinals Mm -hmm. Sam Bradford was the number one draft pick of your draft by by this team The Rams like would that be (laughs) a special guy to, to go after? I I always
9: mark the calendar when I have Sam Bradford on there, no matter (laughs) matter what. Whether it was was, uh, when we were rookies, when he was in St. Louis, or when he was <laughs> any other place. Uh, I've always looked forward to going hmm. against him. And Is that completely because of the one-two No position? question, without question. So if it was the other way around, you'd be all cool, Sam Bradford? No, I, he's, he's, <laughs> he's a quarterback <laughs> at the end of the day, so I, I want to get after a quarterback no matter what.
4: So you have you ta- have you sacked him? Have, have you gotten some hits on him over the years? Oh, or? yeah,
9: definitely. I've, I've gotten a pick off of him, sacked him a couple Ooh. times, so uh, I hope to just continue to win in the winning column.
4: Do you, like, let him know a little extra than you would another quarterback? <laughs> I'm not
9: much of a talker, But, uh, I mean, I'll definitely try and hit them hard as (laughs) as, as I can. That's awesome. Um,
4: We also,
2: uh, this has been an ongoing quest uh, while we've been here in Irvine. We're trying to find a really good taco place. Okay. Anything, uh, can you share anything? I have
9: not been off of campus, to be honest with Mm. you. Uh, I've been staying here on campus nonstop, and uh, I wish I knew. I'd I'd go check it out myself if you had any suggestions. (laughs) We we (laughs) do. We've heard these
3: dorm rooms are pretty spartan.
9: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, college <laughs> wasn't wasn't the best living <laughs> no. situation. But uh, like we said, it's a part of camp. It's part of the grind, and you get used to it.
4: Is this your first camp you've been in, like where you're in a dorm, that sort of situation?
9: Yeah, it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Detroit, we were at home uh, or in a hotel uh, nearby the facility that we stayed at. Um, and same thing with Miami, uh, same situation. But, yeah, this was the first time coming to a, a dormitory, to say the least.
4: It's no joke. Y- you mentioned, like, you want you're looking for little things to improve. Uh-huh. What, what like what are the, some of the things this year? Because you're in a little bit of a different role. Yeah, like what are those things you're looking for? Uh,
9: it's it's a handful of things. Uh, really, it was during OTAs and minicamp was figuring out the defense and understanding where I was going to be positioned in it, uh, and then kind of moving forward, uh, coming into camp, figuring out the nuances to play with uh, Brockers and Smarty. Uh, and all the other guys that are on the defensive line, so it's a matter of just coming together as a unit, getting the feel for each other. And over the last probably couple weeks now that we've been in here, we've been starting to just get a good flow, especially in the pass rush game, which is a very important piece. You always got to get the quarterback down.
2: And last question: You you've been in the league a while now. Um, you've come part of the reason you've come here is to get over the hump, win a Super Bowl. Like, do you see yourself playing in the league for many more years? Could you win a Super Bowl and walk away? Like, where are you in terms of? Where you see your career at this point?
9: Uh, it's funny. John Sullivan actually asked me that earlier today. Uh, how many times? How many more years? I I figured to play, but I honestly haven't really thought. Deeply about it. Uh, I think personally, I, if I if I choose to, I could play another five six years. Uh, but ultimate goal is to win, uh, and my goal was always to get to ten years. Uh, so it was this year and the following year, and kind of go from there and make a decision. It's really about I want to have a family, so I got to look at those different those different pieces as well. Uh, it's not easy being in the league and having a, a girlfriend and yeah. managing the time because. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we know, all athletes are pretty much you gotta do the demonstrator thing to some extent. So <laughs> Jeter mastered first. that. You play until yeah.
2: you're like 40, and then you settle down. and, yeah, you, yeah, and for you, sure. So <laughs> <fly>. uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's some decisions that are going
9: to come up over the next couple of years. Cool. Yeah.
2: Excellent. Well, best of luck to you this season. Thank you, suit. Thank you. Thanks, and Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate. it. You know, we heard that Domkin would be maybe quiet or we'd get clipped answers, but I found him engaging and wonderful. He
3: seems like a thoughtful guy. I think that's a credit to uh, to our podcast and our ability to <laughs> get athletes to open up a little. Draw bit. water
4: from a stone. Also, also a credit to the person that wiped all the sweat off of his chair after he got up because that it was like a it was like a, a lake. So there was a lot going on. Hey, He just got off the practice field. And that was the other thing. I was
2: nervous because you hear he gives short answers. You the reputation coming off a of practice field where he just practiced
4: for three hours. No, nah, he's all cool. Couldn't have been more genial. And he no, he really. I've always thought in people that have been around him that he's one of the more intelligent players. that's a big reason of why he's gotten to where he is is his smarts and you can that came you, across you can see and it. he did speak
2: he was speaking kind of passionately about how important it is I think to get to the next step in terms of being a championship player <laughs> I think I thought, so it, I thought you were going
5: to say I thought you going to say he was speaking really passionately about how bad he wants to get to Sam Bradford. That's what I was thinking. That's oh, what I was thinking. Too. Maybe like, not as
4: much as that. I'm totally locked that into awesome. that Week
5: Three game now because I just want to
4: see him like take Bradford's head off. Like that would not be as genial as he was. Like, yeah. is there any player you would want to like you would want less after <laughs> you than Donald? Oh my <laughs> God! Yeah. I feel like Sam
3: Bradford's been through a lot.
2: <laughs> that's true. Um, all right. So that was fun. We should
0: do this. Good day. Again. We should oh, do it yeah. tomorrow. We have fun. Come down. Oh.
2: And by the way, as you heard, failed time and time again to pump these players and the head coach for information on a good taco if you're in the OC, Orange County, Irvine. Well, guess what? Greg had a source, triple source possibly, uh, to go to a taco place that we went to for lunch. A loyal listener of the show. Shout out to Adam. Shout out to Adam. Uh, a place called Puesto uh, here in Irvine. Look it up. And if you are ever in this area, you got to go. One
5: of the best tacos, if not the best taco I've ever had. I looked up at one point because you said, no, no, this is really emotional for me. <laughs> it was <laughs> special. It was no, inspe- but but thank you, Adam. That was the best taco I've ever had.
2: Think of, Imagine something being called a filet mignon taco and then it living up to the best possible reality of what it could so be. So good. Anyway, so hey there Mark, you go.
4: Mark, what, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah. What a delightful place. And the margaritas <laughs> were good too. Not we, that we
2: imbibe too heavily. We're professionals.
4: We do got it. I do want to go out. We got to do this more. Jared Goff throws a pretty football. Like you can't, you can't get that from home. Oh, you now no. Greg's got the Jones again. It's pretty. He's Falling got the football Jones. I'm just saying.
2: It is also a bit of a weird juxtaposition. First, having Indama and Sue, and then later Andrew Whitworth, uh, who we'll get to in a second, sitting next to Mark Sessler. Also weird to be having the greatest taco of my life. Next to a man on a full juice cleanse. Mark. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, listen, so I, I'm not pretending to be an NFL player in training camp right now. I'm just doing this job.
2: I got you. All right. Now, uh, you heard uh, from the players, the coaches. There's more uh, that you will be able to see on uh, social media, on NFL.com slash ATN video. We had interviews also with star left tackle Andrew Whitworth and wide receiver Robert Woods, who is a big fan of Sour Patch Kids. Always interested when grown men are super into candy, um, so <laughs> He's uh, check into those out. Only the tart out. stuff, it seems. Yes, yes, and I and I and I get that. But uh, we'll <laughs> be back on Monday, back in the studio. So it was great being here again. Thanks to the Rams for having us; they were more than accommodating. And uh,
4: Brassy is she's. I feel ready. like we should get her. Come on, Brassy. At least, at least say hello to the listeners. This is your chance. It's been
1: a fun day, guys.
4: You were brass. You were brassy at lunch. That's for sure.
1: I mean, listen. You can't Greg, get stage right now. Greg's Greg's got love for me now, so maybe I'll make more appearances.
4: We we uh, we've been going. It's been a long day for. This brassy. segment is gangbusters. So far. <laughs> we did. We did. We did. Just you know, surprise her here.
1: You know, even even Dan's warming up to have me on. She had a theory that
4: Dan was a little worried that she was going to steal all the Dan's shine and kind (laughs) of steal the show. But it hasn't happened in so far. Not
1: yet, but I know there's going to be someone back at the office uh, really sour about this.
4: Ooh, a little uh, Ely shot, potentially.
1: (laughs) You know, I didn't say any names.
2: All right, Brassy, (laughs) thanks for your help as well. There she goes. Thanks, Brassy. All right, time to end. Loose Cannon, I see you helping out. Tim
4: Posey, long day.
2: We love you. Ryan Bartlett. Uh, Ryan Bartlett, thank you. Thank you to everybody, and thank you Cam to the, the listeners. Intern. uh Intern. Yes. Uh, until Monday, The Stan hands signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the old boss. Oh, and the loose cannon on the field. Till Monday.
0: today for a sound sleep tonight visit lisa.com slash iheart that's l-e-e-s-a.com slash iheart